1: Some traffic jam. You said it.
2: Things like this make me wish I was back in a country driving away
3: a load of hay. Are you from the
1: country? No. like a dream, can I? Hey, lady, if you can't I know, know. I know. This cab is taken,
3: beautiful, and well taken. I know it is. I, Boston Blackie, and I'm taking it with you.
1: Who well, am I to argue with a beautiful girl? There's a break in the traffic there. Let's get going, driver. Okay. All right, beautiful. Let's have. I'm Carol
3: Ward. I've been following you in another cab ever since you
1: left your apartment. Oh, and in the traffic jam, you switched cabs, huh?
3: Yes. I've got to talk to you.
1: You're Carol Ward, huh? Uh-huh. Well, you're also excited. What you're wearing this morning is a tip-off, and you're dressed in a hurry. Oh, is it? Your coat is black, your handbag is brown, your shoes are oh. blue, and your stockings are two different shades, all of which, of course, means that you were excited this morning, and you're dressed in a hurry.
3: Sorry to disappoint you, Mr. Borsley. Sherlock sure Holmes, Blackie, but I always dress like this. I'm colorblind.
1: All right. I was wrong about the reason for what you're wearing. But I'm sure I know why you want to talk to me. You're in trouble.
3: Wrong again, Blackie. I'm not in
0: trouble. You are. ...as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend.
1: Would you like to say that again, Miss Ward?
3: I don't know why it needs repeating, Blackie. I simply said, I'm not in trouble. You are. Look, you and your friend Miss Wesley have a reservation for dinner at Lee Chow's Chinese restaurant for tonight, haven't you?
1: Eight o'clock in our favorite booth, number three. You have to make a reservation at Charles; you don't get in.
3: Oh, don't go to Lee Chow's tonight.
1: Why not? Will I get a splinter from the chopsticks?
3: Don't don't go there, please. But why not?
1: Miss Wesley and I both like Chinese food, and Li Chao's has the best food in town, Chinese style.
3: I know, but tonight Li Chao's menu includes trouble, American style. Blackie, maybe that Miss Ward knew what she was talking about. Let's not go in.
1: I'll tell you something, Mary. Before Miss Ward came to see me, I was thinking of canceling our reservations here and taking you to McGoldrick's for steak. Oh,
3: why didn't you?
1: I was going to, until I was warned not to come to reach house Then I just had to come. Let's go in, huh?
3: Blackie, please. Mary,
1: let's... please, let's not worry about stupid things. Let's go in and worry about our appetites.
3: Well, all right, but I have a feeling. I have a
1: feeling, too, a hungry
3: one. Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. That's the first nice thing you've said to me all day. <laughs> for goodness sake, the place
1: is empty. Not completely, Mary. We're here. Here comes Lee child's son. Good evening, Mr.
2: Blackie. Miss Wesley, good evening. Good Hello, evening, Hello, George.
1: George. Where is everybody?
2: It's the most strange thing. Everybody is late tonight, with the exception of you and Miss Wesley. Oh, we're always on time for your food, George. Thank you, Miss Wesley. You are most kind.
1: Where's your dad, George? Don't tell me he's the cook tonight.
2: No. And it is most unusual, Mr. Blackie. I have not seen my father all afternoon.
1: Oh, that is funny.
2: He's most peculiar. He's always here at six when I come to work. When I arrive this evening, only the cook is here. <laughs> uh, you did not come to share my troubles, only my food. You will want your usual booth, of course.
1: Number three, uh, the one you reserved for us, I hope.
2: <laughs> Does not seem like Tuesday night if you're not in booth number three with Miss Wesley.
3: Well, that'll be his last Tuesday if he's in booth three with a girl who isn't Miss Wesley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I will draw the curtains for you. Thank
3: you. <gasps> Blackie, look on the floor.
1: I see it, Mary. It's... George, that's...
4: It's my father...
1: I guess you'd better close up shop tonight, George. Your father's
4: dead.
2: Is everything just the way it was, Blackie? Just as it was, Faraday. Uh, You didn't touch anything.
1: Only the body, Faraday. See, it was dead, then the telephone to call you up.
2: You uh, know the dead man?
1: Yes, he's Lee Chow. He owned the place.
2: Well, he doesn't own anything anymore. George, I guess this place will go to you now, won't it? Yes, it will. I, my father's only living son. What happened to the others, Charles? There was only one other. He was a member of armed forces of the United States. Killed in Germany.
1: Oh, too bad. Sorry to hear that. Who do you think could have killed your father, George?
2: You I mean, who was his enemy? My father had many friends with no enemies.
1: Then I guess we'll have to see his friends about this.
2: Uh, you're not seeing anybody, Blanky.
1: But you're going to let me help you on this, aren't you, Faraday? After all, I found the body. Uh,
2: that's why I'm taking over from here. Oh, now,
1: Faraday, don't tell me this is going to be that old routine again. You're not trying to say that just because
2: I found the body, I'm the uh, killer. Oh, no, but uh, you're coming to headquarters as a material witness. I think I know who my killer is. You're looking at me, Inspector Faraday? Sure. I look at everything when I'm on a murder case. The restaurant was empty when Blackie came in here. Why? Oh, all tables and booths are reserved. All parties are late, with the exception of Mr. Blackie and Miss Wesley. Okay, Chow. I want you at headquarters for questioning. But I think you're in the clear. Then I'm your chief suspect? Uh, don't be so conceited, Blackie. You're not my chief anything, except nuisance. I. It is permitted to answer the telephone, Inspector. Yeah, go ahead, Chow. Thank you. Lee Charles, good evening. Hello. Is Boston Blackie there? Uh, yes, one moment, please. It's a call for Mr. Blackie.
1: Thanks, George. Probably Mary Uh, calling to see what. Why don't you answer
2: that, Blackie? What's the matter, Faraday? Just wait. George, does that phone have an extension? Yes, Inspector. On the reservation desk over there. Thanks. All right, Blackie. You can take that call. But not till I say I'm ready.
1: Aren't you clever, Faraday? All you're gonna do is hear Mary say she's worried about me.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm listening in, just in case she says something else. Okay,
1: Blackie. You can take the phone from George, though. Thank you, teacher. Uh, Here's this, Mr. Blackie. Thanks, George. Hello.
2: Hello, Blackie. Yes. This is a friend.
1: Hello, friend. What's friendly?
2: Thanks, Blackie. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks. For what?
2: For the job you did.
1: Hey, listen. What's the oh, idea? What a
2: great job, Blackie. None of the gang could have done it better.
1: Hey, now wait a minute.
2: Hello? Hello? Hello. Hello is right, Blackie. I think you and I are going to say hello to headquarters. Put that receiver down. Now, listen, Faraday, I know what you're thinking, but it's I know all what you're going to say, Blackie. You're being framed. Isn't it obvious that I am? You look good in a frame, Blackie. But you're going to look better in a cell. Come on. No, I'm sorry. This is the Smith Rogers Publishing Company. You must have the wrong number. Yes, now, you were saying, Rogers... And I'm a little upset, Smith. Aren't we delaying our publication an awfully long time? Yes, we are. But you yourself know how difficult it is to get paper. Yes, I know. And I haven't as yet been able to make a suitable contract with a printing house. But we must, Smith, and soon. We will, Rogers, we will. But we have to do this thing right if we expect to make a reasonable profit out of it. I'm not interested in the money I'll make on this, Smith, and you know it. I'm letting you use my name because you said it would help, but I think our proposed book is a very worthwhile enterprise. It is. It is worthwhile, but let me handle this my own way. I agreed to that when you came to me with the idea, but how soon will we be ready to publish? Well, here's the situation as it now stands. There are probably 10,000 families in the city who lost sons in the war. Yes, yes. If half of them buy the memorial ads in our book, then I'd say we were almost ready to publish. Uh, how many have purchased ads for their sons so far? Only about 1,800 to date. So you see, if our book is to be a truly representative memorial to our war dead, we must get a few thousand more ads before we publish. I suppose you're right. We've postponed the publication date so many times I... Aren't we getting complaints from those who have already bought ads for their sons? No, we aren't having much trouble in that direction. One or two people have inquired as to when we'll publish our book, but I've sent a man to explain to them that... Excuse me. Uh, of course. Come in. Hi, Mr. Smith. Oh, Weaver, come in. I, uh, done what you told me to, boss. Oh, Weaver, I don't think you've ever met my partner. No, I... Mr. Rogers, this is Weaver. One of our solicitors. I... uh, how do you do? do do? And he's doing a good job, too. I'd done a great job a couple hours ago, Smith. I took care of that Lee Chow guy just like he's doing. Yes, that's fine, Weaver. uh, You took care of him, Weaver. It sounds as if you do business in a rather unfriendly way. You don't understand, Rogers. Weaver has a. What the boss means, Rogers, is I get what I want out of a guy. I give him what's good for him. Weaver, that'll be all. What's the matter, boss? What do you saw for? You told me to kill a guy, and I'd done just like you says I sure do. You, you did what? Knocked the guy off. He was griping so much that we weaver, won't... come outside with me a minute. Not okay, boss, but what are you saw? Sore you sore killed of? a man. You killed uh, Smith. I don't understand this. Don't no, get I... excited, Rogers. Uh, it isn't what you think at all. I'll explain in just a minute. You certainly will. Outside, Weaver. Not okay, boss, but I'll I... be right with you, Rogers. Boss, what's the matter? I'll just answer a few questions, weaver. Did you kill Lee Child? Sure, boss. He was complaining about not seeing the book yet, wasn't he? What did you do? Well, first I plugged the guy. Yes. Then I calls up all the parties who'd got reservations in the joint and cancels them. Uh-huh. But I don't call Boston Blackie and cancel his. So when Blackie gets to Charles, he's the only one in the joint. When he finds the body, the cops nab him for bumping the guy. Good work, Weaver. Sure. Sure. Then I called Blackie while the cops were still there. You like what I done, huh? I think you did a great job killing Lee, yeah. It was a pleasure. I've done a good job, my huh, boy. A great job, Weaver. You made only one mistake. Now, what I do wrong? You talked in front of Roger. Well, your partner? Don't you know we're taking dough from the subject, And we never gonna publish no book? No. He thinks we're on the level. And he certainly had no idea till now that we kill anyone who got in our way. Oh, boy, he's dumb, ain't he? he? don't know nothing. He didn't know anything until you told him everything. Oh, that was a mistake, huh? Yeah. But your last one, I Hey, boss, uh, what are you fiddling with that gun of yours for? I'm putting a silencer on it. You're going to knock off Rogers, huh? Kill Rogers? No. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> uh. Rogers, where were we?
0: And now, back to Boston Blackie. Blackie and Mary Wesley have a reservation for dinner at Lee Chow's. But a mysterious Carol Ward warns Blackie not to go to the Chinese restaurant. So, Blackie goes. There, he finds the restaurant empty and Lee Chow murdered. While Faraday is investigating, Blackie receives a phone call congratulating him on a fine job. Meanwhile, Lee Chow's real killer is himself shot and killed by his boss. As we return to our story, the boss's partner, Rogers, is telling
2: Carol Ward about the death of Lee Chow and Lee Chow's killer. I just had to come up and see you in as much as you work with Smith and me, Miss Ward, even though I know it's terribly late at night.
3: Well, that's all right, Mr. Rogers. I was awake when you called, and my... I'm
2: very glad you said you would see me, because I I just had to talk to someone, and you're the only one I feel I can trust.
3: Well, what's the matter?
4: Miss
2: Ward, I'm certain you'll be as appalled by this as I was. But Mr. Smith ordered one of our salesmen to kill a client of ours who was complaining.
4: What? Yes,
2: a, a man named Lee Chow was shot and killed by one of our men, a fellow named Weaver.
3: Weaver killed somebody?
2: What? It seems like this Lee Chow was complaining that we were delaying the publication of our book too long. Yes,
3: I know we're delaying, uh, of course, but. there's a
2: reason for the delay, but uh, we we don't kill clients who complain, we. Need. Mr. Rogers. Yes.
3: You're sure that Weaver killed Lee Chow? Yes.
2: The worst of it is that Smith, my own business partner, ordered this Weaver to kill him. What? And worse yet, Miss Ward, I'm afraid Smith has now killed this fellow Weaver. Oh, good heavens. Well, Miss Ward, we we aren't in legitimate enterprise dealing with businessmen. We're mixed up with a gang of cutthroats and killers. Oh,
3: well, well. What do you think we ought to do? Call
2: the police, of course.
3: Do you think it's safe? If this man, Smith, has killed two people already, he'll think nothing of killing two more. If we can get
2: to the police at once, we'll be safe.
3: Yes, I guess you're right. Smith didn't follow you here, did he? No, no,
2: I made sure no one followed me. I'm sure Smith doesn't suspect we're doing this.
3: Well, I guess you're right. If we work fast, we'll be safe enough. I'll call the police right now. Uh, Good. Oh, you know the number. Oh, it's on the front of the phone book here.
2: Uh-oh. Oh, yes. <coughs> Smith Rogers Publishing Company.
3: Hello. Police Department?
2: No, you have the wrong number.
3: Yes. I-, I want the police department. This is Carol Ward.
2: Carol, what's the matter with you?
3: I'd like to speak to the man in charge. What? Oh, oh you're in charge. Fine.
2: Tell him everything, Miss Ward.
3: I will, Mr. Rogers.
2: Carol, Rogers is up there? What for?
3: It's about the murder of Lee Chow. I know who killed him. What? Who told me, did you say? Well, uh... You can tell
2: him it's all right.
3: Uh, Mr. Rogers told me all about it. He's here now. He knows who killed Lee Chow. A man named Weaver. And he knows that Weaver is dead, too. A man named Smith killed him. Why, that's
2: dirty. He's going to police, is he?
3: Yes. If we both come right down if you want us to. Or would you rather come up here and talk to us?
2: Hold on there, Carol. I'll be up right away.
3: You'll send your man up right away?
2: Yes, Carol. Keep him busy till I get there.
3: I will. Goodbye.
2: Are, are the police coming up here, Miss Ward? I, I'm
4: worried.
3: In a few minutes, you'll have nothing to worry about, Mr. Rogers. Believe me. <laughs>
1: How much longer do I have to sit in your office and look at that dumb face of yours?
2: you tell me what you know about Lee Chow's death, Frankie? I told you all I knew five minutes after we got here.
1: I don't know who killed him or why he was
2: killed. Well, give me a good answer to just this one question, will you? Why did you find the body? Because I was the first one in the restaurant. Ah, you've said that before. Well, it's the truth. All right, answer this. Why did that uh, friend call you up and say you did a nice job? To frame me, of course. Find him, Faraday,
1: and you'll find the clue to Lee Chow's killer.
2: Yeah? Yeah? Uh, get out of here, Rollins. Can't you see I'm busy?
1: Yes, Rollins. He's busy as usual and getting nowhere as usual. Quiet, Blanky. You mean it, Inspector? I mean it. Fine. Now, don't complain when I won't talk.
2: You'll talk. You'll never get out of here. Rollins, are you still standing there? Yes, Inspector. And I think I have something you ought to know about. All right. Make it brief. Now, Mrs. Charles Rogers just called up, said her husband is missing. You interrupt me in the middle of a murder case to tell me that. Wait a minute, Inspector. I've got a complete description of the guy and what he's wearing written down here. Well, it's I ought to... He was wearing a tan suit, tan snap-brim hat, brown top coat, brown shirt, and a red and brown polka dot tie. I don't care if he was wearing no tie or a, or a rope around his neck. I'm investigating a murder, and you have the nerve to come in here well, and... Listen, I tell... Inspector. Here's the thing that's important. No. This Mr. Rogers' wife says when she last heard from him he was going up to see Boston Blackie.
1: Uh, What? Going up to see me? Yeah, to
2: see you, Blackie. And his wife's afraid something's happened to him.
1: Well, nothing's happened to him. I haven't been in my apartment all night. He's
2: probably just up there waiting for me. Come on, Blackie. We're going up to your apartment. We don't want to have this missing guy missing any longer.
1: Faraday, what makes you think Rogers is still waiting for me? I just have a hunch. That's that's all. come on. Let's go in. Friday, one of these days your hunches are going to bend you double. After
2: you. hmm See?
1: I told you'd still be here. Well, what do
2: you know? I'm asleep on my best couch, too.
1: Hey, Rogers. Wake up.
2: Sure, that guy sleeps like a dead man, Blackie. It seems to me... Is Hold that... it,
4: Patty.
1: He sleeps like a dead man because he is a dead man. Look at that bullet wound. Uh-oh. Well, this is one you can't blame on me. I've never seen this guy before or heard of him. And I've been in your office most of the night.
2: Yes, I know. This guy hasn't been dead more than a half hour. So I wonder if he's really the missing man. Well, Suzuki
1: is to me, Faraday. He answers his wife's description. Tan suit, tan sniper hat, brown top coat, brown shirt, and green and brown polka dot tie. Yeah, it fits all right.
2: Then well, I guess I'll have to call Mrs. Well, Rogers. Wait Mr. a hmm?
1: Do you have Rogers' description that Rawlins wrote down for you? Sure. Here. Top page on this pad. Let me see it.
2: Well, the description fits. Guess I'll call headquarters and have Mrs. Rogers. Hold it, Faraday. The description doesn't fit. Not quite. What do you mean, not quite?
1: According to the Rollins note, Mrs. Rogers described her husband's tie as being red and brown polka dots. Look at it, Faraday. It's green and brown polka dots.
2: So what? Maybe Mrs. Rogers is colorblind. Maybe, but someone I know is definitely
1: colorblind. Carol Ward. Faraday, when we found Roger's body here, I didn't think it had any connection with Lee Chow's murder. But now I do. And the connection is a girl named Carol Ward.
2: Can you get the apartment door open, Frankie? Yes, if you'll keep
1: your back turned while I give me the lock. Don't want you to know any of my secrets. All right.
2: Are you sure this is Carol Ward's apartment?
1: Well, we found Roger's address in his wallet and Carol Ward's telephone number on the desk pad at his house. Your telephone cross-file said... Okay, file, okay.
2: I guess we're at the right
1: place. The door's as good as open, Faraday. Now it is open. i got to go in carefully. Someone might be waiting for us
4: in here.
1: I doubt it, Faraday. I made enough noise, Jimmy, in the lock to send anyone here out
2: the window. Yeah, I guess you did. I wonder where the light switch is. I think I have it. A...
1: Well, uh, thanks to me and Mr. Edison, we can see what we're doing. Yeah. What are we doing? Waiting. And with the door open, too. I think we'd better close it.
4: Yeah, sure.
1: You know, Faraday, I have a hunch Rogers was killed in this apartment and then taken over to mine. Yeah? It makes you think so. Just a hunch, that's all. Maybe if we look around the... Oh, somebody's coming. Let me handle this. Hi, Faraday. I'll be behind these curtains. Yeah. Shh, shh. Hello. <gasps> Hello, Mrs. Rogers.
3: Hello, Blackie. What are you doing up... What did you call me?
1: Mrs. Rogers. You are Mrs. Rogers, aren't you?
3: What gave you that idea? I'm Miss Carol Ward.
1: You said you were Mrs. Rogers when you called the police.
3: I'm not Mrs. Rogers. I never called the police. I think you'd better get out of here before I call them now.
1: I'll call them myself in a minute, Miss Ward, to arrest you for the murder of Charles Rogers.
3: You get out of here... I don't know anyone named Rogers.
1: No. Then how did this blood get on your skirt?
3: What?
1: Right there, Miss Ward. A large blood stain. It shows very red against the blue material. Then.
3: Well, I, I can't see it.
1: You can't see it, Miss Ward, because you're colorblind. But I'm not blind to colors or anything else. I see it, and the police are going to see it too. Oh,
3: please, you've got to believe me. I, I didn't kill Rogers. Smith did. Who Smith? My boss. He killed Weaver too. That's why he had to kill Rogers. Rogers was going to the police to tell him about Smith.
1: All right. Smith killed Rogers. Who's this fellow, Weaver?
3: He, he killed Lee Chow. Why? Smith told him to, to keep Chow from going to the police. Smith's the one you want. I, I knew he ordered Chow to be killed, and I know he killed Weaver. I saw him kill Rogers, but I had nothing to do with any of the deaths.
1: You're going to have a lot to do with Smith dying in the electric chair. Where is he? I
3: don't know. Where is he? I don't know.
1: Look, you told me this much. Tell me the rest, and the police may go easy on you.
3: I won't tell the police anything. Oh, won't you? No. And what can you do with what you
4: know?
1: Just help Inspector Faraday if the police remember your story. Come out from behind the curtain and take a bow, Inspector.
3: Daddy Blackie, tell me a story. Will you?
1: (laughs) All right, Mary. Just sit on my knee like a good little girl.
3: Oh, goody, goody, goody.
1: Now, what story would you like to hear tonight? Three bears?
3: Oh, no. I would like to hear the story about the three murders.
1: All right. Once upon a time, in fact, just a few hours ago, a big, dumb, but lovable cop named Faraday made a bad little girl named Carol Ward... Tell him where he could find a very bad man named Smith.
4: Oh,
3: what, Smith? Very, very bad? Yes,
1: yes, Daughter Mary. He was very, very bad. He was selling memorial ads to people who lost sons in the war. He was promising them to publish these ads in a book. But the awful bad Mr. Smith was going to keep the people's money and never publish the book.
3: Oh, Daddy Blackie. He was going to scramble the dough, wasn't
1: he? Daughter language? Yes, he was going to scram with the dough. Well, did he? No, he didn't. Because a very handsome, brave, courageous, and brilliant young hero named Boston Blackie caught him before he could get away.
3: Ooh, our hero. Was it exciting?
1: Very exciting. This handsome and brave and brilliant Boston Blackie pulled a gun on the very bad Mr. Smith and with a dumb but lovable cop named Paraday, took him off to jail.
3: How bad was Mr. Smith?
1: Very... He put a dead man's body in the handsome Boston Blackie's apartment, and the very bad man had Carol Ward phone the police to put the blame on Blackie. But luckily, Blackie and Faraday were together when the call came in.
4: Gosh!
1: And the very bad Carol Ward first warned Blackie not to go to Lee House, knowing that that would make him sure to go. It
0: seems this bad little
1: girl was very colorblind. So later to make her confess... Blackie said there was blood on her skirt. And because she had a guilty conscience, she looked.
3: And was there a blood stain on the bad little girl's skirt?
1: No. Nope. The handsome Boston Blackie was telling a white little thing.
3: Jesus, gosh and God. And what happened to the money the very bad Mr. Smith took from the innocent people?
1: Every cent of it is going back to them.
3: And that's how the story ends, huh?
1: Yes, daughter. Except that everybody lived happily ever after. Except mr smith and carol and they aren't going to live very happily or very long either <laughs> <laughs>